Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And yeah, I'm just a little bit. I'm having this little bit uh, energetic hangover from the kind of great shows we've had all week long and especially last night. And it's only Wednesday and we've got a great show coming up. But this particular show, you know, many of you have heard the conversations that I've had with Brett, uh, Brett Bevel. You know, he's the author of several books, uh, including the one we talk quite a bit about, Healing Racism Within. But also, he's also the author of books like Psychic Reiki and The Wizard's Guide to Energy Healing, you know, The Reiki Magic Guide to Self-Attunement, Reiki Spiritual Healing. So when I talk about Brett, yes, we've talked about healing racism within, but the underpinnings of that is so deeply grounded in his life path, his work, his own personal life. And that's why today's show is so kind of important. Because this is something people that are of color or part of the LGBTQ plus community uh, really know. They know the energy, the energy of racism. They know it. They feel it. But they don't know it the way that Brett Bevel is going to talk about it today. Brett, great to have you, right? Thank there, you for having me on. I... Yeah. Uh, come on. There is an energy. Come on. There is an energy. And yet, we just don't know what to call it. Now, sometimes it's the energy of hate, right? Mm -hmm. But tell us from your perspective what this energetic feel is. And it's not new. It's been with us historically. I like to say hysterically. (laughs) (laughs) Because when we talk about something like this, there's just a whole lot of crazy that has gone on the way we treat people. Give us a little update on what that means. And what, what made you aware of it? Yeah, so I, I I first became aware of it, I think, uh, wow, probably in the early 1990s when I was riding the New York subway system with a, a girlfriend of mine at the time who happened to be a woman of color. We were holding hands on the G train. <laughs> and um, I was also happened to be working at a pagan bookstore at that time, and I was paying a lot of attention to my aura and the feelings of the energy around me. And as she and I were holding hands, I just felt like these energetic knives coming at me. Uh, and nobody said anything. There were no racist remarks. There was nothing, you know, nobody did anything to me physically, but I could feel this palpable, like energetic knives coming at her and I, because we were holding hands on a train. <laughs> and it made me think of two things immediately. One is what is it like for her and other people of color all the time who are experiencing this 24 yep. seven? Uh, and also what is it like for those people who were sitting here allowing this kind of energy to come through them and who are probably totally unconscious of the fact that it's even happening most yeah. of the time. And so you, part of my journey has been, how do we, how do we, those of us who are white, how do we tap into 
our own consciousness, our own energetic body enough, deep enough, and clearly enough to be able to see when that arises and then to change it at its root so that we're not subconsciously sending that kind of energy out to people of color or LGBTQIA people or anybody who might seem different than us. So how do we change that energetically? And for me, a lot of that has been through Reiki. There's other forms of energy healing that people can use. I, I love doing Reiki, but there's a lot of ways to address it. But the first thing is just to simply become aware of the fact yeah. that it exists. And historically, it's been going on for generations, for hundreds of years. So it's it's kind of an energetic tsunami that has been with us for a long time. You know, what's interesting about that description is I know that this has happened to a lot of people. I know they've seen it. But, you know, part of us, we don't understand this, but we feel I love the subway example because that totally was why I told you about my red hair thing It was a subway experience. Right. Mm -hmm. You would think in New York. You would think in New York that that would be like a non 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 thing, like a non thing. But yeah. it's not. And, you know, you're so right about it because I, my ignorance about it caused me to respond in a way that got us in even more trouble. You know, and I've shared this. My coach was from Ghana, Africa, and we were inseparable. We went everywhere together. Uh, we, we were pulled over by the police, but I did not know that my behavior would get us further into trouble energetically let me just say energetically you could feel it i mean you could feel other people's anger disgust i don't have the language but any kind of emotion like that like fear Mm -hmm. fear right all of that but it never in my sister's family she taught all of her children. We were very fortunate to have the, the, the upbringing from my mom, my stepmom. Forget my dad. My dad, I just got to throw over here. He's over there. He's just like, that, he's just like crazy tunes. But I want to ask you this question. Give me the source of the energy. Because if we don't know the source, right? Yeah. Without the source, there's no remorse. Can't have it. It's got, tell us, what's the deal? I mean, for me, the source is really ancestral. It really goes back to, you know, if you think about it in, in, in detail of, you know, who was, uh, you know, bringing the, the, the slaves over on the boats and who was selling the slaves and who was, uh, you know, running the cotton fields and who was buying the cotton that was being sold. And, and all of that, if you think of that, it, 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 like, let's just take an example of, of a plantation, uh, you know, pre-Civil War, um, you know, did those did, did, did the white people who lived on that plantation, did they ever shed the tears or do the grief work that would be necessary to release that pattern? Probably not. Probably in most cases not. No. Did their children do that grief work? Probably not. And so it's just it has just historically just been passed on from generation to generation to generation where we don't even think about it much, much of the time. You know, for me, when whenever I'm having a, a what might feel like a reaction to somebody if that person happens to be a person of color the first thing i do now is try to check in to those voices in my head that are not mine like is this is this coming from me or is this coming from my grandma or my great grandpa or like where is this coming from and a lot of times i can track and see you know my my issue has nothing to do with this person who's in front of me it's actually some old voice that i'm carrying in my head that 
that um, that I need to heal and release. And so it's it's really kind of doing that kind of work and, and again, taking a deeper look into ourselves, into our ancestral history. And energetically, there, there are ways, there are techniques to literally, you know, sever those energetic cords and, and heal and release that kind of stuff. But, you know, part of this really is getting a level of awareness about it that we don't have. And, you know, I, it, it's what I really am wanting to talk to you about is because there is a spread of it. Um, you know, my sister, when she was alive, was so revered in the multicultural, multiracial world. She was revered. When she died, there were at least three to five Yonkers blocks of people of all colors, of all religions. She was so revered. You know, when you went to her apartment in the worst possible project in Yonker, you can imagine her door was never locked. Uh, and those of us that came were interestingly protected. So when I would come, three guys would meet me, uh, three men of color would meet me, they had a cone in the parking space, they would remove the cone, I would pull in, and they would put the cone on my car and escort me up there with a couple of nine millimeter guns this is my sister and i would ask her how did you become so loving and i asked her that despite how my dad treated her mm -hmm. and she said something interesting to me brett and i i hope we could all get it she said what's the alternative of that pat she says it's hate you know yeah. it, it's just it, so, so i want to ask you this question this level of energetic racism is spreading worse than the virus and the pandemic in my opinion what's your thought yeah it feels like i mean it feels like a, a mental virus you know <laughs> I, um, uh there's actually i've seen some books recently come out um i forget the title but uh about a mind virus, you know, <laughs> that, that there's this almost like energetic yeah. virus of hatred and, and uh, uh, you know, anger that, that is kind of engulfing the planet right now. Yeah. And in many ways, it, it shows up as racism, but it can also be homophobia or other, you know, misogyny, other, other ways of disparaging people and uh, creating an us and them mentality. And, um, you know, it, I mean, I think even even the war in the Ukraine is is oh, kind of man. consumed by that that yeah. energy. Even though they are all of the same color, there's that still that same kind of uh, vibration of hatred that's just spinning out of control um, that that has caused this horrible conflict. And I feel that again, these are are things that everything is made of energy. You know, that Einstein knew that <laughs> he equals m two squared. Everything is made of energy, and energetically, these these issues can be can be addressed. Um, and it, it does take a responsibility for each of us individually to, first of all, acknowledge our own energy and then take a commitment to, to rectify things where things are out of balance or where we need to bring healing to ourselves. But things can change. Again, I, you know, I came from a pretty horrific childhood. Uh, where there was a lot of hatred and you know, witnessed a, a murder when I was a child, a race-based yeah. murder and, and other such things. And yet, um, you know, I'm, I'm now married to a woman of color. I have a beautiful 
multiracial son. I'm a very happy person. I feel like I'm doing good work in the world. So there's a way to turn that stuff around. And again, the tools that I talk about energetically are, are not the only path, but they're a path that for me has been uh, very useful. And, and so I like to teach that and hopefully bring that out to the world. It's so important to do it, but I want to get back to something you said before we do that. I want to talk about transformation around racism, uh, racism, homophobia, misogyny, whatever you want to talk about, because it's across the board. And it's not just across the board energetically now, it's seeping into our legislation. The latest legislation, the latest anti-abortion legislation is criminal. It is just criminal. I don't care what side you're on, pro-life, pro-choice. There is a, a middle ground for people to get through, and it's not putting women in jail. That is not the place. But you work with this. You heal with energy. You're a master at it. How do people find out about you, and what kind of courses are you now featuring in the upcoming months? Sure. So they can find out at me at brettbevel.com. That's B-R-E-T-T-B-E-V-E-L-L.com. And if you go to my live dates page, it'll show you uh, where my upcoming trainings are. I'm actually offering a, a, a healing on Zoom tonight that's going to be a live group energy healing. But also later this summer in July, July 1st to 3rd, I'm offering a first and second degree Reiki training at Omega Institute, which is a very beautiful holistic retreat center in upstate New York. Um, so please, yeah, visit my page and, and check out a number of the offerings. There's both live in-person things as well as live online events as well. Yeah, Omega's got some incredible uh, training and learning opportunities. Um, look, everything's energy. I think one of the greatest misunderstandings we have is that we can control our own energy field. Despite what's coming at us, despite the harm that's coming at us, um, despite the harm that's coming out of other people, we can really control it. Now, I will say when I was younger, um, I didn't understand this very well. And I watched our car coming back from a tournament be pulled over because my coach was black. Mm -hmm. As I said, I had other people of color in the car and we were pulled over in somewhere around Philly and we weren't speeding. There wasn't a headlight out. There were no, we weren't drinking, right? You know, we actually were pretty sad because I got my butt kicked, but mm. we got pulled over. And what happened to me was the energy that came towards Sam. I exerted back to the police and that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. You see, this is so important, yet every cell in our body wants to scream out it wants to say no it wants to say that's not just but that can't possibly be the transforming the energy of racism moment <laughs> i don't know tell us how we do that yeah I, th I think well you know i, I want to commend you that you did you did recognize and acknowledge the energy that was there i think for me you know what i invite people to do whether it's through meditation or energy healing is to is to be able to acknowledge that energy and then also find your place of centeredness find your place of neutrality so that you can witness that that energy the same way you witness a you know a cloud passing across the sky and then again with reiki there's there's actually at the second degree level there's symbols that you can use for mental emotional healing they're quite effective 
And so doing mental emotional healing on uh, issues around racism or whether it's racist uh, imprints that you're carrying from the past or racial trauma that you have, if you're a person of color that you've, that you've uh, endured in this lifetime, that can be healed energetically through the second degree symbol in Reiki. And there's other forms of energy healing as well, but, um, you know, Reiki is probably the most popular and most well-known. And so, you know, I want to focus on that as, as my answer. Well, let's tell people about how that works, because there may be some people that are familiar with Reiki, but they may not know how it works. Now, tonight, you're going to be featuring something um, that's going to demonstrate that. How do people get there? How do, how do they, how do they, I don't know, is it open to the public? It's, I mean, it, it is open. There is a fee. There's a $35 fee. It's a one hour healing on Zoom and uh, people come on it. So if you go to my live dates section, it'll say uh, tonight. So Wednesday, April 20th, it'll say this is Spinal Zap. Uh, and there's a little link there. You click the link. It tells you a little more information about the class. And there's the option to purchase the class. When you purchase it, you're then sent a Zoom link. And then you just show up and, and I'm there at nine o'clock. And also for people who can't be there live, uh, if you do buy it ahead of time, then I just send you a recording, which will still carry the energy of it. And basically, I just do an energy healing for about 45 to 50 minutes. And then at the last 10 minutes, I just ask for people's comments and questions, you know, but it's a very deep, deep process of healing that um, it can release energetic cords. It can release stuff from past lives, negative karma. Um, so even, even if one wanted a healing that had nothing to do around energies of race, uh, it's still a very powerful experience. I asked Linda to see if I can get an interview with the young person in Florida that was talking to classmates about Stonewall. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you read the article. And I asked Linda to please, could you get a hold? Can we see if we can interview him? Of course, with their parents, because they're 17. Yeah. yeah. Because for those of us that were at Stonewall, we really want to have a conversation with somebody that's carrying the message forward. Because I got to tell you, before long, we're not going to remember the marches on Washington in the 60s. We're not going to remember the death of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. We're not going to remember what it was like to be out on the streets every day for women's rights. We're not going to remember any of that. We're not going to remember the Gloria Steinem's, you know, we're not going to mm -hmm. remember the women and the men, by the way, men and women of all colors that had no digital format to hit a button and tweet because it didn't work. You had yeah. to be there in person. Um, what is the energy that we need to create now to really yeah. initiate real change? For me, again, I would say starting with ourselves and taking responsibility for, for our personal energy, but also realizing that we are part of, part of a collective. We are part of an interconnected web. And what happens in Florida doesn't stay in Florida. What happens in the Ukraine doesn't stay in the Ukraine. That energetic web engulfs all life. And there, there's ripples of information and currents of energy that, that, that are interconnected between all life. And so the more you take responsibility for your own energy and then start to expand that awareness, you begin to see that, that that sense of interconnection is important. So first of all, clearing and healing yourself, but then also, um, for example, if you're a Reiki practitioner, you can also send healing out into the world to those kinds of issues, to the issues of what's happening uh, with the, the legislature and the governor in Florida and the kind of things they're trying to do, what's happening in Texas with uh, 
you know, the, the diminished abortion access, uh, what's oh, happening in the Ukraine with the horrible war that's happening there. And it's not that one healer is going to be able to end that with one healing session. But I think if there's, you know, tens of thousands of people who are doing work both on themselves and sending light out into the world, I do believe that it has, you know, what they call the Maharishi effect, where um, students at the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi's University in, in uh, Iowa literally did an experiment where they would meditate on the crime going down in Washington, D.C. And over a period of time, they tracked the statistics, statistics and they noticed that while they were meditating on the crime went down, the crime actually went down. And so we can have an impact on the, on the larger whole energetically. And again, also, I want to reinforce not just energetically, make sure you vote, make sure you're, you're active in your community, make sure that you're you know, being mindful of who you vote for, what, what you contribute to, and all those kind of important aspects of being a, a standing up citizen in this, in this country. Um, you know, Brett, let's talk a little bit, if we could, about the book that you wrote. Uh, we've talked about it before. But if you were to rewrite, rewrite that book now, mm -hmm. what would you add to it? I think I would expand more on the chapter about what I call multiracial gratitude, because the more, uh, you know, ever since the book's been published and the more I reread that chapter and the more work that I do with that, um, you know, it, it, it really opens a person up. It also doesn't require any in-depth energy healing training. So it doesn't require any kind of new age consciousness that somebody like me might have. Um, it's just a simple act of being grateful for, uh, you know, what other cultures bring, what, what people from other cultures bring, what, uh, you know, and you can start simple making a list of 10 to 20 things a day and just doing that as a regular practice. And, you know, scientists know that gratitude rewires the brain in a positive way. And so if you, if you specifically intend that to be about issues of race and cultural diversity, it will start to rewire your brain in that positive way. And so, yeah, if I had, if I could rewrite the book, I would just, I would expand that part significantly. Mm. Um, I want to take a moment again to let people know if we could, one, how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of that book. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful book to really, as a family, really get and bring into the family and really share, especially with children. It's just wonderful. Um, but how do they find out about you? And then remind us again of what your upcoming classes at Omega are. Yeah, so, so the book, you can get it, you know, at Amazon, uh, you can get it at Barnes and Noble. And again, it's Healing Racism Within. Uh, my name's Brett Bevel. It's published by Monkfish Publishing. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, also your local bookseller hopefully would carry it. So if you want to support your local bookstore, which I'm always, you know, in favor of promoting that. Just go to your local bookstore and ask them to, to order it for you. Um, and in terms of, you know, me, again, my website is brettbevel.com. That's B-R-E-T-T-B-E-V-E-L-L.com. If you go to my live dates page, it'll show uh, the healing that I'm offering tonight, which starts at 9 p.m. Eastern time and goes for an hour. Uh, it's called This is Spinal Zap. But if you also scroll further down, there's some of the offerings that I'm having at Omega Institute later this year, starting with a first and second degree Reiki training the weekend of July 1st through 3rd. So I'd certainly welcome people, um, you know, learning not only more about me and what I do, but also the important processes that are in the book, Healing Racism Within. 
And I would love for you to leave us with a daily practice, leave us with something that people can implement today. Yeah, today, um, I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again, make a list of 10 to 20 things that are about a culture or a person who is different than you, different color, different language, however you want to interpret that and express gratitude around that. You don't necessarily have to express it to them. You can if you want to, but literally making a gratitude list. So, you know, for example, if I say aloud, you know, I'm grateful for the presence of Muhammad Ali, who really influenced me as a child. I never met him, but his poetry, his wit, his courage was a great influence on me as a child. All right, so that's just one item that I'm sharing with you right now, but so people can honor whether it's athletes, musicians, uh, chefs and food, music, art, writing, you know, write, write, just write a list down, 10, 10 to 20 things per day, and just start there and just see what it starts to do for your consciousness. Yeah. Boy, it's so important. There's nothing more powerful than gratitude, is there? Yeah. It's... Um, I want to ask you this last question uh, yeah. as we move forward and we're looking at this. And I want to, I just want to hear as you look ahead, Brett, what are you envisioning? You know, what is your greatest visioning vision for the work you're bringing forward in the world and what's on the horizon for you? Yeah. So my greatest vision is that, again, would be that, that people um, embrace the concepts that are in the book and, and begin doing that deep inner work that it, it isn't necessarily easy, but I can tell you it is amazingly liberating. It is amazingly liberating to do this kind of work. And, um, you know, I think I may have mentioned this before on your program that since the book was first, the galley copies first came out, I lost 40 pounds since then. And I think literally it was the energetic weight of what I had been carrying, you know, from what I experienced as a child and what I saw around issues of race, and that I'm free of that. And so this work isn't easy, but it is so extremely liberating, far more liberating than any, any of the other self-help work that I've done. And believe me, I've done a lot working at Omega Institute for the last 20 years. Um, so it's incredibly liberating. And, and I just invite people to just start, take those baby steps, even if, even if it's just that gratitude practice that I mentioned earlier. You are not alone on your journey. Listen in to the Unshakable Living Show, Supernaturally and Divinely Unshakable with Lisa Belts, twice a month for your well-deserved dose of positive energy and your personal reminder that you are perfectly imperfect, and that's okay. Find your true calling and influence the world around you for the better with your profound gifts. Walk away feeling truly unshakable. Remember, God can't steer a parked car, so step on the gas now with Lisa and let him do the rest. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It is March 9th, and I can't believe that spring is almost here. My flowers are starting to bloom in my yard, and I can't say it can... It can't come soon enough. I'm really, really ready. So welcome to the show today. And today is a little bit different than what I've been doing. Last week or two weeks ago on the show, I had um, Kristen Oakley on and we talked again about foundation and identity 
and Kristen had put together a free giveaway for us that talked about um, what I feel and what God says about it and then scripture references. So if you missed last week's show and would be interested in that kind of a reference document, just send me an email at coachlisa at lisabelts.com and I and put the words uh, this identity in the email subject and I will get you that. So today is a little bit more personal than some of my shows have been. And we're going to drill into some things that I have been dealing with and recognizing in myself lately. And so we're still talking about foundation. We'll talk about foundation today and the next show, and then we're going to switch gears. So my three tenants are foundation, frame, and finish. So this month will be the last month on foundation, and then we'll move on to frame about what are you building in your life. So coming back to today, I just really want to share that um, God has brought something to my attention in my own heart and my own life. And I imagine that there are other people that are going to relate to this too. So when my daughter was young, I wanted nothing more than to be a stay-at-home mom. My mom had, had had the opportunity to stay at home with, with most of us when, she, when we were little. And that was the example that was set before me. And I really wanted to be able to do that. It just never got to happen. I basically was home with her for two months when she was born. And then for a few months later, when she was like three, and that was about it. And I have to say, it really grieved my heart. And so God's been showing me that I have been carrying this grief deep in my heart all these years. So my daughter is now um, in her early 30s, and she is expecting a daughter in July, which we're really excited about. But God showed me that that grief in my own heart was like a really heavy boulder. And if you think about a boulder, not just a rock, not something you can pick up and throw, but a boulder, it just weighs you down and you adjust to it and you carry that weight with you and it becomes normal, but it really isn't supposed to be normal. And so what God showed me is that I have not allowed him in to console my grief. I've held on to that heaviness and it became part of what defined me. And that definition said that I was not a good enough mom because I was not a stay-at-home mom. My efforts to keep going, to just do life, not just survive, but to do life and, and, and make a good life caused me to just stuff those feelings down inside my heart and not really deal with them. I didn't even acknowledge them sometimes. And I certainly just knew that I felt inadequate. And so as God's been showing me this lately, he's been talking to me about my heart being like a well. So I'm watching the series, The Chosen, right now. And there's the, the one episode where Jesus is with um, the Samaritan woman. And they're literally at a well. You know, it is a, a cylindrical hole in the ground where they draw water. I mean, everybody has that picture of a wishing well, right? So when that well is filled with rocks and boulders and debris, it reduces the ability for that well to hold water. And it makes it harder to draw that water out. 
in our lives, if you think of your heart or your spirit like a well, these boulders that we carry within us restrict how much of spirit or source we can carry and hold inside of us. And, and if you think about a cup with rocks in it, you can pour in maybe half a cup of water in an eight ounce glass instead of the full eight ounces of water. So the more rocks and debris you have in your cup or in your well, the more restricted you are in allowing spirit to come into you, but also to overflow out of you. So the idea is for us to open up. And, and another thing he showed me is that a lot of times we also put restrictions at the top of the cup. So instead of being an open, like a, a drinking glass, we narrow it down. And so not only do we have rocks inside our cup that restrict how much we can hold, we also make it harder for it to get in there. So the idea is to open up and allow the rivers of living water from the throne room of God to flow into us, God to fill me up. And then out of that abundance, we want that to be what flows over the top and sprinkles out on others. So we also can restrict the flow of the spirit in different ways. Just like I did, I prevented the inflowing of God's comfort. And I wasn't aware that I was doing this. There was a subconscious belief that I didn't deserve God's comfort. I had created the situation that prevented me from staying home with my daughter. It's kind of the old, you made the bed, now lie in it phrase. And that's how I lived for many years. There was no grace for myself in this at all. I am typically very full of grace for others. But when it comes to myself, I don't give myself grace. But that is changing. So this is something God has changed over the last few years, and I am getting better at giving myself grace. God had to heal me of a lot of self-judgment, self-hatred, and self-rejection to get there. Those are also all beliefs that prevent the flow of the Holy Spirit through us. How can you carry the glory of God when you view yourself as broken and useless? God has spent decades now with me working to remove the boulders from my well. God speaks to me in visions or pictures, if probably pictures is a better word. What I, what I see in my mind's eye is that I am down to the big boulders at the bottom of my well. And normal water cannot float those boulders up, but the living water from the throne room of God can. When we allow God to pour into us spirit or source, however you think of it, that divine element, he can bring even the largest, heaviest boulder up to the top and skim it off just as if it were a small stone. I will say this has been a process, not an event, and it is a long process, but God is faithful to not give us more than we can handle at any one time. It hasn't been easy, but every step is worthwhile. And there has been a lot of joy along the way. 
so God gave me this picture of, I had this handout going, no, God, I don't want that. But at the same time, I'm going like this. It's that contradictory thing that we do. It's like, you know, come, 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 go, 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 come, 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 go, go, go. And so God said, what are you allowing and what are you disallowing into your life? So the, the question I have for you today is, are you allowing in the right things? So let's look at the word allow. The dictionary defines allow as consent to something, give permission, make a possibility or provide opportunity for, permit to be attainable or cause to remain, afford the possibility. If I sum all that up, my definition of it is get out of the way and permit something to occur. I am sometimes so defensive to not allow the bad things in that I also don't allow the good things in. I disallow the right things in when I don't believe I deserve them. It's so easy to condemn ourselves and judge ourselves and we keep trying to do penance and make up for that which we can never fix. And when we judge ourselves as unworthy again, because we failed to fix what can't be fixed, we just continue this vicious cycle. Enter Jesus into the picture. He can and already did fix what we can't. When we choose to allow him to be God and we receive with open hearts the love compassion, correction, and grace from his hand, our wells or our hearts get emptied of the rocks and debris, and we're able to have a larger impact on our world inside of us and around us to build the kingdom. You are important enough, just as you are, for God to come and help you clean out your debris. It starts first with you and Jesus in relationship. He just wants you. It's not a system of rules. It's not a do this, do that. He just wants relationship. And yes, he will use your gift, talents, and abilities, but your foundation and your identity must begin with a relationship and a heart open to allow and receive his love for you. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how we shift to begin allowing those things in. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, 
on TransformationTalkRadio.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let the journey begin. Are you ready for the real results you want? Don't miss the new show. Why wait? Look better, feel better, be your best from the inside out with me, Georgette LePage. Join Dr. Pat Basili and me monthly to tackle topics that are often seen as roadblocks to weight loss. Each discussion offers you practical solutions for your transformational changes. Find out more about show dates and times or connect with me directly at GeorgetteLePage.com. Not just talk, conversation for profound self-awareness. Stick with us. Your best life awaits on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back. This is Coach Lisa, and we've been talking about what are you allowing and disallowing into your life. And so we're talking about the boulders in our wells and our wells being our heart and the living water or the flow of water from source or spirit into your well. And we were talking about the relationship with Jesus is one of the foundational pieces where we start to get the debris out. And so I've also been on a personal growth journey over the last three years. And through that personal growth, God has brought up multiple times debris and rocks and stones and sticks and all these things. And I find that setting false expectations for myself really creates a lot of my own stress and my own dilemmas in my life. Expectation is a really good thing when it is an excitement. Setting a unrealistic expectation, and we all talk about that we are in a performance-oriented society and that performance expectation. You think about sports, you think about music, you think about scholastics, college, you know, those of you who are in professional industries where you have to go on and get certifications, everything is performance oriented. And there's this expectation of performance. And I just wanna say, Jesus does not have that same type of expectation we carry that expectation of performance into relationship with Jesus, but he does not have it back. That's where grace comes in. So yes, we continue to grow and learn and mature, but he gives us grace. We talk about being perfectly imperfect, and that basically acknowledges that in our humanity, God knows we're going to make mistakes, and he already accounted for that. That's why the cross was necessary. And as we continue to grow in relationship, for those of you who are parents, you grow in your relationship with your children. For those of you who are married, 
you grow in relationship with your spouse. As that relationship grows over time, you find the bumps, you find the bruises, but if the commitment is there, you continue to grow and you keep going. And I'm gonna date myself just a little bit. I've actually been in relationship with Jesus for over 50 years. I'm still uncovering rocks and boulders and debris. I still mess up regularly and have to ask for forgiveness. It's just part of life. Being human and sinning does not disqualify you from being in a close relationship with God. When we choose not to own up to our mistakes and get it cleared up, again, just like if, if with you and your spouse or you and your children, if you did something wrong and you aren't willing to own up to it and clear the air, it's going to cause problems. Same thing in your relationship with God. Not owning your mistakes impacts your communication and your relationship. Jesus would not have had to make a way for us by dying on the cross if it wasn't known and necessary. He accounted for our weakness and our frailty because we are weak and frail. We are perfectly imperfect, and he knows that. So what are you not allowing into your life because you have your hand up to God, resisting him and stopping the flow of the spirit in your life? God showed me a few weeks ago, I had my hand up to something that he wanted to bring in. And it's something that I've been asking him for, for a long time. And he said, okay, it's time. I'm ready. And I went, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really sure about this. It was not something that I was consciously doing. It was subconscious. Once he showed me that I was resisting, I had a choice. Was I ready to move beyond the fear that was holding me back? Fear can stand for false evidence appearing real, or fear can stand for forget everything and rise. And I encourage all of us to adopt that second definition of letting go of the fear, embracing the fear in some ways, can actually help you. When you resist fear, that's when it causes you problems. When you accept fear in and just acknowledge that it's another emotion in your life that gives you the courage to go on and do things afraid. And sometimes that's what you have to do. And so God asked me, do I trust him enough to put my hand down and let him bring into my life the things that are meant for me. So I think I've shared before, but my word for the year, I have one for, for the first quarter of the year, and that is the word rest. And God told me it was an acronym. And what it's an acronym for is really experience spiritual trust. So the question to me is, am I going to put my faith where my desire lies? And the answer is yes. I choose to lower my hand and allow in the changes he wants to make. I am allowing him to console my grief. I am allowing him to pour love into the bottom of my well. And that love, again, is lifting these final remaining boulders to the top 
so that they can be set aside. I wanna encourage you to take some time and identify the boulders that you have in your life. Most of them will feel like negative emotions or judgments. And so my giveaway today is a worksheet with a list of words to help you get started. Send me an email at coachlisa at lisabelts.com with the subject boulders, and I will email you the free worksheet. I'm also offering a free 30-minute coaching session to help you begin to work through your boulders. Mention that in the email if you're interested. We all have a path in front of us. We can either choose to be weighted down and burdened and exhausted as we walk on that path, or you can move into transformation. You can choose to shift things. In coaching, we joke about shift happens. Another word that I want you to think about if you are applying to yourself is the word should. Again, there's kind of a joke that says don't should on yourself. I should be a better mom. I should lose weight. I should do this. It goes back to that concept of expectation and setting false and unrealistic expectations so that you set the bar this high when you can only jump this high realistically. And when you can't hit that top mark, you consider yourself a failure. Again, it's that expectation and then that sense of should. And God will never come to you with that false expectation. He knows what we're capable of. And he knows what we're capable of both positively and negatively. I am not called to be a brain surgeon. It's just not something I ever had an interest in doing. I don't think it is a skill or an aptitude that I was given. I'm a good project manager. I'm a great life coach. But if I set an expectation of wanting to be a brain surgeon and I can't get there just because it's not my natural aptitude, I'm going to create stress and distress for myself. And I'm always going to be judging myself as not good enough. So what do you have in your life where you have set unrealistic and false expectations that you're trying to live up to and you constantly find yourself falling short because you truly honestly cannot get there? Other emotions that will come up that are uh, boulders are things where you compromise your core values. In one of my first shows, we talked about core values. Core values are the intrinsic things inside of you that you should not ever compromise. When we compromise our core values, if integrity is a core value and you're put in a work situation where you pretty much have to tell a lie for some reason, that's a compromise. That will create a boulder within you. Identifying your core values is an exercise that is also available on my website. If you go to www.lisabelts.com, and that's L-Y-S-A, 
BELTZ.com. There's a core values worksheet out there that's free also. So thinking about the boulders and thinking about what you're allowing into your life. Also consider the good things that you are not allowing in. Just as I was not allowing consolation to come into my well and help to heal or lift up and remove that boulder of grief. Again, I find a lot of us that grew up in church, we operate out of fear. We are so afraid of allowing things in that we're not 100% certain are God, that we also close out and don't allow God to bring things in that are truly from him. And one of the pictures God gave me was if you're bowling, when you're little, you've got the bumpers that you can put up on the sides of the lane to keep the ball on the lane. In life, we do the same thing. We put up those bumpers when we're young. And then when we get older and more proficient and more mature, those bumpers are still there. We haven't taken them down. We haven't removed them or deflated them. And so they actually prevent us from succeeding and being the best that we can be. So think about what you are allowing and disallowing, and then take some time in meditation or prayer and just listen and listen with your heart to receive the guidance that you need to know where your well is full. I want to remind you that you are divinely designed and you are meant to be supernaturally unshakable. Let's make 2022 the year you allow your boulders to be removed. Looking ahead two weeks to my next show, I'm going to have Jessica Santos join me. She is my functional medicine provider. We're going to be talking about unshakable health. We'll talk about the difference between functional medicine and traditional medicine. Functional medicine addresses the holistic person, spirit, soul, and body. And it has made a huge difference in my health over the last year. I hope you'll join me next week. Go and have a great week. And remember, you are divinely and supernaturally unshakable. You've been listening to The Unshakable Living Show, Supernaturally and Divinely Unshakable with Lisa Belts. Tune in twice a month for your well-deserved dose of positive energy and your personal reminder that you are perfectly imperfect, and that's okay. Find your true calling and influence the world around you for the better with your profound gifts. Walk away feeling truly unshakable. Remember, God can't steer a parked car, so step on the gas now with Lisa and let him do the rest.